Three reasons to be optimistic about the climate. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. World leaders, politicians, and titans of industry gathered in Davos, Switzerland last week at the World Economic Forum to discuss global issues, including the climate crisis. Among actions touted by corporations as doing their part are so-called carbon offsets, contracts where, instead of reducing their climate impacts, companies purchase credits and in projects including reforestation, preservation, and renewable energy to offset their emissions so they can market their products and services as carbon neutral. To make sure the math works, independent firms like Vera calculate how much a project reduces emissions and then sells credits to companies such as United Airlines so customers can fly guilt-free or buy handbags from Gucci, which are promoted as helping conserve forests. But according to a nine-month investigation led by journalists at The Guardian, the credits bought by companies like Netflix, Disney, and Ben and & Jerry's are worthless. Using peer-reviewed studies and on-the-ground reporting, they found that more than 90% of Vera's popular rainforest offset credits were likely to be phantom credits, not representing any real carbon reductions at all. Vera issued a statement disputing the findings, and while the investigation casts doubt on the benefits of offsets, experts say they can be effective if companies combine valid ones with seriously cutting their greenhouse gas emissions. The concept of climate tipping points is scary. There are moments in time beyond which changes, like sea level rise, will continue even if global warming slows. Scientists say we're on the edge of multiple tipping points. However, a new report shows there are actually good tipping points which could substantially lower greenhouse gas emissions. These good tipping points are reached when zero-carbon-emitting technologies become more competitive than polluting versions, and three of them alone could cut greenhouse gases by 70% in the global economy. Electric vehicles, plant-derived proteins, and ammonia-based fertilizers. The authors say a tipping point in road transportation is very close due to the falling cost of electric vehicles and improvements in charging infrastructure. Meat and dairy cause about 15% of global emissions, but if hospitals, schools, and governments moved to plant-based proteins, it could reduce deforestation where land is cleared of trees to raise livestock. Using ammonia in fertilizers from green hydrogen rather than fossil fuels would lead to an increased demand for equipment to make the energy source that could be used in shipping, aviation, and steel production. Eating freshwater fish like trout or bass may expose a person to high levels of toxic forever chemicals. A new study from the Environmental Working Group shows that consuming just one fish could be the equivalent of drinking water laced with PFAS chemicals for a month. PFAS compounds are called forever chemicals because they're so persistent and found everywhere from drinking water and food to packaging and cosmetics. They accumulate in the body and don't break down in the environment. High amounts of the compounds in freshwater fish may result from their being caught downstream of manufacturing facilities, landfills, 
wastewater treatment plants, and airports where sources of PFAS discharge into surface water. The study looked at samples of fish from all over the U.S. For example, a common carp from the South Platte River in Colorado near the Nebraska border contained more than 30,000 parts per trillion of PFAS compounds, more than one million times higher than the drinking water guidelines from the EPA. Among the fish examined, Bass and catfish had the highest contamination, while Chinook and coho salmon contained the lowest. The report stresses that freshwater fish are an important source of protein for many people, especially those who cannot afford to buy fish in stores. And finally, lightning. It's both captivating and destructive, striking the U.S. alone nearly 25 million times a year, starting forest fires and causing power outages. Surprisingly, protecting property hasn't changed much since Benjamin Franklin invented the lightning rod in the 1700s. Although very effective, modern versions only defend an area relative to their height meaning a 30-foot-high rod will only secure a zone 30 feet around it, and that can leave expansive sites like airports, nuclear power plants, or wind farms at risk. To address the problem, European researchers developed a new type of lightning rod, a laser that beams a lot higher and therefore covers a wider area. To test their laser system, they installed it next to a lightning rod atop a communications tower on a Swiss mountain, which gets zapped over 100 times a year. The device emitted rapid, high-power pulses that ionized the air and enticed the bolt to follow its path toward the rod, which it did four times in a six-hour period. It's the first successful test outside of a lab, but more work is needed before laser rods become practical and affordable. Betcha if Ben Franklin were alive today, he would find the system enlightening. That's it for this week in water. Support comes from Right Water Engineers, providing water resources engineering in Colorado and beyond for more than 60 years. Projects, services, and resumes are online at rightwater.com.